Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning into this solo episode in which I want to discuss six reasons that may be holding you back from training hard enough and how to overcome every single one of them. The reason why I wanted to record a podcast on this is that in the majority of cases, when I have a client who starts working with me and they found that they their muscle growth has plateaued or they're very new to training, I find that they are simply not hitting the right intensity of effort to maximize their muscle growth potential. And as I've covered in a gazillion podcasts at this point, how close to failure you get in every set, so your intensity of effort is fundamental to make gains. But before I get into reason number one, I just want to define what I mean by training hard enough so that we're all on the same page. And I am going to refer to the RPE scale, which is based on your proximity to failure. So failure is obviously the hardest intensity of effort that you can achieve, where you perform a rep or you attempt it and you have to stop halfway through. However, based on research, we know that we can achieve effective muscle growth even at a slightly lower intensity of effort. And in general, when somebody is performing a very taxing, very technical lift that's going to yield a lot of gains, but also a considerable amount of fatigue, I like to program at least an RPE or intensity of effort of 8 of seven to eight, at least. So in other words, you are leaving three reps or two reps in reserve, or two to three reps before hitting failure on that lift. And an example of these lifts uh, would be a deadlift variation or a leg press. Especially if you're keeping these lifts to 10 reps or less, because Based on research, it seems to be a little easier to gauge how close to failure you are if you're doing fewer reps. Now, when performing a less taxing, less technical lift, like an isolation lift, such as a biceps curl, or a less taxing compound lift, like a seated dumbbell press, then what I typically like to program is at least an RPE of eight or nine. So you're only leaving one or two repetitions in reserve before hitting failure. If these exercises are performed in the five to about 15 repetition range. Now, if I am programming 15 plus reps, research has also shown that while this can still yield similar gains, if you're performing between 15 and 20 to 30 reps, as 
when you're performing fewer reps, so between 5 and 15, it seems like it may be better to take these sets, these higher rep sets, all the way to failure. Generally, because it really burns to do that many reps and it becomes really hard to tell whether you're actually at an RPE of eight or whether it just burns so much that you think you are because you just want to stop because it's burning that badly. Unfortunately, burn, a burning sensation in your muscle, doesn't necessarily equal proximity to failure. So it's just a safer bet to take those sets all the way to failure. So that is what I'm referring to when I am using the term or the phrase training hard enough. It's training within the 7 to 10 RPE range or to absolute failure. Importantly, this is a general range. As I've already covered, the specific target intensity of effort that I will program depends on the exercise selection, but also on the entirety of the training program and on the relationship between different sessions and also on the relationship between one week of training and the next. And finally, it depends on the person as well. It depends on how much they can recover from and how much work they need to perform at a certain intensity to get the results that they want. So it is a rule of thumb but this is my definition of training hard enough when I'm talking about intensity of effort or proximity to failure. So let's begin with reason number one, which is that you're paying more attention to the number of reps programmed for that specific set than to the intensity of effort that you're achieving. It's so common if your program says three sets of 10, or even if it gives you a range of 10 to 12, which is more like the way that I program personally, that people will focus on hitting that number of reps with the weight that they've decided is appropriate. And once they've hit that range or that specific number, they stop the set without thinking about how easy or how hard the set was. The problem is that your muscles cannot count. They do not care if you're doing 5 reps, 10 reps, 12 reps, or 25 reps, because they can't count that number of reps. All that muscles can do, all that muscle fibers can do, is sense tension. And one of the ways in which we create enough tension to trigger the physiological process of hypertrophy is by taking every single set close enough to task failure. So to the point where you can no longer move the weight. In other words, there is a massive difference between a set of 12 that you took to an RPE of 8 to 10 or straight up to failure and a set of 12 where you left 20 reps in the tank. The first set is definitely going to contribute to muscle growth, whereas the second set is not going to contribute as much, if at all. The solution to this is pretty obvious. Take your rep range or the reps programmed for that workout as a guideline rather than as a hard rule. If you have 10 to 12 written on your program for that particular set, but you accidentally choose the wrong weight, so it's a little bit too light, go above 10 to 12 reps, make sure that you're hitting the programmed intensity of effort. 
And if your program doesn't have a suggested intensity of effort, which by the way, I add to all of my clients' programs, because it is so important, then you want to assign that intensity of effort target yourself. And if you want more tips on how to choose the right load to hit both your target intensity of effort and your target rep range, then go back and listen to episode 43, Load Selection and Exercise Progression, which is another solo episode that I recorded on this very topic. The second reason why you may not be training hard enough is that you're doing too much volume, so you're saving yourself for later. And this can happen on a variety of levels. On a per session level or basis, if you have 25 exercises to get through in an hour or an hour and a half or however long you're devoting to that training session, of course you're going to go into energy preservation mode because you're thinking, wow, if I kill myself on the first exercises, what am I going to do when I get to exercise number 25? Am I going to have to crawl out of the gym? I still have got things to attend to in the rest of the rest of the day. I don't have the luxury to just go home and nap. On a session-to-session basis, if you are doing too much volume, so too much work in total for every body part or even for a single body part, then you are going to subconsciously pull back and train less intensely because you're thinking of having to go to the gym tomorrow, the day after, etc. And you need to survive, in quotes, the entire training week. Personally, on a weekly basis, I used to do this for a very long time, albeit subconsciously. I told myself that I was training as hard as I could, but I was also doing 18 to 20 sets per week and more, not for one muscle group, not for two, but for every single muscle group in my body. And for me at that time, that amount of volume was simply too much. For other people, it might be enough and it might be even necessary for them to maximize their gains. But for me back then, it was too much volume relative to my ability to recover because I was also going to the gym five days per week. To perform all of this volume. So I had to take into account the recovery from session to session. Importantly, I am not saying that 18 to 20 plus sets for multiple muscle groups or for a single muscle group are bad. Research seems to suggest that 10 to 12, all the way to 20 sets, if not even more, are a good range to be in in general, in order to maximize hypertrophy. However, it's also clear, at least in my view, that everybody has a different volume tolerance and different volume requirements as well, in that we all need a certain amount of volume for a certain body part to grow effectively. And usually that volume is is a range, it's not just a specific number, it's not just five sets. And then we also have an amount of volume per body part and in total for our entire body that we can recover from. If we overshoot that, we're no longer recovering and we might see a regression in training performance, which is the opposite of what we want in order to make gains. So I don't want anybody to think that I am saying, oh, if you're doing 20 sets per um, muscle group or for a single muscle group, that's bad. But I am saying... If you are doing 
an amount of sets where you are subconsciously pulling back on your intensity of effort, then I would consider trying to hit the appropriate intensity of effort for at least a week or two on the same amount of volume. If you can recover from that, if you enjoy that, if it feels mentally and physically sustainable, and if it doesn't, then perhaps you may benefit from reducing your volume, not necessarily on all body parts, but at least on some of them, because you may be doing too much to recover effectively, in that if you find that after two weeks you are a broken person and you absolutely need a deload, and then you find yourself deloading every two weeks because you're doing all this volume at this intensity of effort, then you are likely doing too much physically. Or, and or, because the two can happen at the same time, if you find yourself extremely fatigued mentally and you find that you're dragging yourself to the gym to perform these sessions instead of enjoying them, then these are all potential signs that you are simply doing too much. On the other hand, you run this experiment and you find out, you know what, if I push myself, I can actually train hard enough, then you were just being a bit of a wuss, let's be honest, which happens to the best of us. It happened to me as well. It still happens to me on some exercises that are particularly taxing to reach the right intensity of effort. So at least you've established that you are performing the right amount of volume and that you simply need to make a greater effort to work harder on making sure that you are hitting the right intensity of effort. The third reason why you may not be training hard enough is that you're afraid of being extremely sore when you hit your next workout. Now, it's important to understand that yes, you will likely be sore. Now, some people don't get all that sore. Some people get more sore. Some people don't get a lot of soreness in some muscles, but more so in others. So it's quite individual. And we don't quite know all that much about delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS, at least based on the research available so far. But what we do seem to know, at least as far as I'm aware, with a certain degree of certainty, is that soreness tends to arise from novelty. So if you are untrained and you're stepping into the gym for the first time, you're likely going to get sore because everything you're doing is new. Now, if you are more trained, so you've been going to the gym, you've been training for a while, but you're picking up a new exercise or you're doing an exercise that you've done before, but you haven't done in a while, it will likely make you sore because of these novelty effects. However, importantly, if you have sensible programming that's suited to your volume tolerance and also volume requirements, so you're doing the right amount of volume to grow, but not so much that you're clip crippling yourself, then your degree of DOMS is not going to be disruptive to the rest of your day or the rest of your week, or extremely disruptive. You might feel a degree of DOMS where you're like, oh man, I've, my legs really ache today. However, this is unlikely to last for more than a day, maybe a day and a half or two days. If it lasts beyond that, then your program is likely not all that sensible and you may need to revisit how much volume you're doing for that particular body part that's so sore. Also, I want to make the point that you don't need to be 100% recovered 
from one session to the next. For example, I train five days per week at the moment. And even though I hit different muscle groups on different days, so I'm not hitting chest two days in a row, for example, I still carry a little bit of fatigue and soreness in a muscle from one session to the next. For example, if I'm hitting chest on Monday and then I'm hitting it again on Wednesday, I'm still a little bit fatigued on Wednesday from my Monday session. However, my programming, thanks to my current coach, is sensible. So I'm not creepingly sore or so fatigued that my performance is now going down massively and it's not improving. I'm still improving at the rate that I'm capable of at this stage in my lifting career. Because guess what? The human body is amazing. It can adapt and it can perform well, even if you're a little bit sore, even if you're still a little bit fatigued. Otherwise, people who are doing very extreme training programs like Olympic athletes would never be able to do that and win an Olympic medal as they do. In comparison to them, lifting as I do or as you may do four to six days per week or two or three days per week really isn't that big of a deal. So be more confident in your body's ability to adapt and recover. Finally, on the topic of DOMS, there is a phenomenon called the repeated bout effect that's going to occur over time. According to this phenomenon, every exercise bout is going to protect you from the muscle damage that the next exercise bout is going to cause. So the first time you do a completely new workout, there is no repeated bout effect because it's your first time doing the workout. So you are going to get 100% of the muscle damage. However, that workout is going to start causing an adaptation so that the next time you do the same workout, soreness will likely be 90% relative to the first time because you've start, your body has started to become fitter. It has started to adapt. So it's also very normal that when soreness at the beginning of a program is quite intense, it will decrease over time, again, if the programming is sensible, as you get fitter and as the repeated bout effect takes place. Reason number four as to why you may not be training hard enough is that you're afraid of doing so. And in particular, you're afraid of training all the way to failure. And this is very typical when somebody has never trained to that level of intensity. So what I want to do is to give you some perspective on what training to failure is like and some suggestions on how to get more comfortable with it. First off, something interesting that I have found talking to people is that in addition to the inexperience with lifting weights to a high level of intensity, a lot of people will have at least some experience performing what they consider a really hard cardio workout. And after a very intense cardio workout, such as a very intense run, you get a feeling of whole body fatigue or whole body death, um, if that's how you feel about cardio. And that's because cardio involves typically very large muscles, like running involves your entire lower body and then requires your upper body for um, stabilization as well. And you obviously are also moving your arms and so involving arms and shoulders, not for stabilization, but actively contracting. 
So it's a whole body movement. Of course, it's going to have an effect on your entire body as well. Now, when it comes to lifting weights, the effects that failure is going to have, the toll that it's going to take on your body is going to occur on a spectrum depending on the exercise because not every exercise is going to be a whole body movement. If you're doing a back squat to failure with a barbell, then yes, you can expect that it's going to tax your entire body. But if you're performing a bicep curl or a seated shoulder press, it's not going to have that same effect. Similarly, train at a lower intensity of effort, but still within the effective range for hypertrophy that we've established at the beginning of this episode, is going to take a certain toll on your body depending on the exercise that you're performing. That's why you don't need to be afraid of training to failure or training hard enough, but you do need to have a sensible program and hopefully a coach that is changing it for you depending on your response to the program. My suggestion to get more comfortable with training close enough to failure or all the way to failure is to actually practice task failure on safe movements more often than you're doing now. Because if you never actually try to go to failure, I can talk to you about failure all day long, but you're still going to be afraid of it. So you need to bite the bullet, as they say, and try it for yourself on movements that don't scare you. For example, when I have a client who's never gone to failure before and they're not training hard enough, then I typically program at least one set of one isolation movement in a session all the way to failure so that they can acclimate themselves to what it feels like. So it could be a bicep curl with dumbbells or with a cable. It could be a lateral raise with dumbbells or with a cable. Or it could be a machine-based movement where going to failure is also typically very safe because the machine keeps you in place and typically you only move one piece of it at any one time and when you can no longer move that one piece you put it down and that's the end of the set. In summary I'm not here to negate that train hard carries a certain degree of risk. Anything that's hard physically carries a certain degree of risk but the risk isn't so high that I would advise against it. In fact from the beginning of this podcast I'm actually telling you I've been actually telling you to train closer to failure actively telling you to train closer to failure, and I do it all the time. At the moment, my coach wants me to hit failure on every single set of every single exercise. Am I suggesting that you start doing so as well if you've never done it before? No. I've also been training for over five years. My program is very specific to the goal of building muscle while also enabling me to train to failure that often. There are a gazillion reasons why I'm not simply telling you, ah, yes, take every set to failure from now on. But you do want to train yourself to hit that degree of intensity because then you get used to it. You start training your mind to understand that failure isn't as scary as you used to believe. And as a result, you are going to push yourself closer and closer to it over time. So right now, maybe only that one set you do to failure is the most hypertrophic that you have in that entire session, and all the others are still below the intensity of effort range I've discussed. But over time, you're going to push all of the other sets a little bit closer to failure as well, because you have that one where you push yourself all the way to failure and you're like, you know, it's not that bad. 
The fifth reason why you may not be trading hard enough, which is connected to reason number four, is that you simply don't know how to trade hard enough because you have yet to develop the ability to gauge your proximity to failure, whether by using the RPE scale or the RIR scale with an adequate degree of accuracy. And my first suggestion to help with that is to go to failure more often. So this one suggestion kills two birds with one stone. The reason is that the RPE scale or the reps in reserve scale, both scales to gauge your intensity of effort are based on failure. With the RPE scale, failure is the rep after RPE 10. RPE 10 is the last complete rep you can do. Failure is a rep that you try and that you have to stop halfway through because you can't do it. That's failure. On the RIR scale, if you have a Z, if you hit a zero RIR, that's the last complete repetition that you can do. It means you've got zero reps in reserve. And if you try the next one, it's going to be a failed rep because there are none left. So you need to train to failure to truly learn how to use one of these tools to gauge your intensity of effort on sets where you're not going to failure. And if you want to learn more about how to train yourself to gauge your RPE better, you're in luck because at the very beginning of this podcast, over a year ago now, I recorded an entire episode on the topic of gauging your RPE or your RIR. And that was episode nine, which is titled, How Hard Do You Need to Train for Effective Muscle Growth? The final reason why you may not be training hard enough is that you're ending a set when you can no longer maintain textbook perfect form. And if you followed me and my content for any length of time, or better yet, if you're one of my awesome clients, shout out to you all, then you already know that I'm a stickler for exercise form. And if this is your very first podcast of mine that you listen to, welcome. Now you know I'm a stickler for exercise form. But you can take this too far and actually hold yourself back from training hard enough. And I am telling you this because I did it myself. For a time, I was so hyper-focused on getting every single rep to look exactly right that my own intensity of effort was suffering. I thought I was close to failure when my little finger was no longer in perfect alignment with the rest of my body. But my target muscles, not my little finger, my target muscles could have kept going for a fair few more reps had I allowed these reps to look actually challenging. The thing is, when you're approaching failure, real failure, it's normal for your reps to look in quotes, grindy. You look kind of like a robot and uh, a, a one that's not been oiled for a while where you're really trying to push through muscle fatigue. So you move in jerky movements. You may be wobbling. You may be shaking quite a lot. You're essentially struggling to maintain control over the weight. You're struggling, but you're still accomplishing that. It's just really hard to do. That's normal when you're really close to failure. And that's how you know that your set was hard enough to provide a hypertrophic stimulus. You do not want to get so caught up in doing these, in quotes, perfect reps, that you're never actually pushing yourself as hard as you could. And you're never actually making those reps as effective as they could be. So if you're the kind of person 
who watches a lot of instructional videos about the same lift, if you're the kind of person who's always second-guessing their form, even if you've been practicing that exercise for months, I am talking to you. I was that person. I am telling you now, fucking relax. You are probably training a lot better than you think you are. So have more confidence in your own skills and stop focusing so much on your form. Your form is already good enough. Focus on pushing yourself harder on that set. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you very much for making it through at least 20 to 30 minutes. I don't know because I haven't edited edited it yet of me telling you that you're training like I was. Congratulations and well done. Jokes aside, I really hope that this was helpful to you. And if it was, I would love to hear about it. So you can connect with me via the link in the show notes. You're going to find a link to my website, a link to my Instagram. However you want to reach me, please do so. Do not be shy. And if you want to start working with me so that I can tell you that you're training like I was and you can pay me for it, then fill out the application form linked in the show notes as well. And I really look forward to hearing from you. As always, it's an honor to be recording these episodes for you. So thank you for gifting me with your time and until the next episode. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.